I am Plot on the Line in Vancouver, British Columbia at thecommentary.ca. Jordan Abel has written what is described as a groundbreaking book, Nishka, is that, as well as deeply personal, raw, breathtaking, and moving. The Nishka writer looks at his relationship with identity. It's something he contends with regularly because people want to know what he is, where he's from, or who he is. It's tiring, and if he chooses to engage, he's often met with resistance and argument or outright scorn. I ask him about that. As well, I ask him about being an intergenerational survivor of residential school. It's a trauma that has shaped his life, and it's often ignored or dismissed. The book is also poetry. It's pieces of memoir. It's transcripts of talks he's given. It's photography, screenshots, as well as court documents. Taken together, they're all part of his life, his story. Jordan Abel is an award-winning poet, author of, among other things, The Place of Scraps and Injun, the former winning the Dorothy Livesey Prize and the latter receiving the Griffin Poetry Prize. Jordan's work has been anthologized in a number of publications, and he recently completed a Ph.D. at Simon Fraser University. He joined me from Edmonton, Alberta, where he is an assistant professor in the Department of English and Film Studies at the University of Alberta where he teaches Indigenous literatures and creative writing. Visit jordanable.ca for more information. His Twitter handle is at jordoisdead. This uh, book is published by McClelland and Stewart. Please welcome to the Plant on the Line program, Jordan Abel. Professor Abel, good morning. Good morning. Thanks for joining us. Uh, as I was telling you before we started, um, just how much... Uh, I guess I needed to read the book. It's such a powerful book. I was going to say I enjoyed the book, but it, but there's a lot in the book that's not enjoyable. You, you write near the end of the book that um, you wondered um, why you did it, because it's such a tough book to write. Uh, sometimes you wish you'd stop, but uh, you did it anyway. What is it like for you now to talk about it? I I, I think it remain it remains difficult to to talk about the book sometimes. Um, you know, it's such, it's such complicated, difficult subject matter. You know, I think you know so much of the book is about me and my my parents and mm-hmm. my and my grandparents. And you know, as I say in the book, you know, I think a lot of that, a lot of that that subject matter is actually still kind of painful to revisit. Actually, I even say like somewhere somewhere in the book. <laughs> You know that I, I wish this was a book that somebody else had written so mm-hmm. that I could learn from it, um, and I, I I still feel that way uh, mostly. Like that would be, I you know that would be wonderful to have had this type of book. I think earlier on in my life, um, you know, unfortunately that's not the way it went, and you know I ended up being the one to to, to write it. Yeah, there's a, a moment in the book, um, and I, I don't want to give too much away, but you you um, talk about suicide, and it, it's um, such a heartbreaking scene. Um, talking about it as you do, I mean, the pain is there in, in so few words. Um, but as I was reading it and, and thinking about it the last few days, I, I can't help but think that's, that a, a reader somewhere might find it useful that you've given that moment a voice i i hope so you know i think that was that like the the moment you know where i where i talk about suicide in the book i think were some of the most difficult moments um for me to to put into into words and 
and also without, I guess, spoiling too much, you know, it's not like one, one of those moments, which I think, you know, is, is one of the most powerful moments in the book, isn't even in words. It's, mm. uh, it's communicated through image. Yeah. And, you know, I think that, I think that was a really, um, strategic choice on my part. Uh, because sometimes when you're, when you're writing about, you know, a thing that's so deeply painful, you know, it's, it, it actually becomes very difficult to, to articulate those thoughts and feelings, mm. uh, through words and through text. And, and, and that was, that was a moment where I really felt, um, that I needed to, that I needed to talk about it, that it, that it was an, an really important, uh, Thing to discuss in the context of intergenerational trauma, and that the way that I had to do it was through what was through an, an alternate means beside, yeah. uh, aside from text, yeah. uh, and and that you know my my hope is that in talking about and in, in, in talking about and talking about it so openly and, and honestly, you know I I do hope that. That others, um, you know, will, 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 you know, find find that moment and and other moments, you know, and 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 learn from them, or you know, be reassured that you know, others, you know, have these feelings as well. The the uh, some of the more moving parts of the book are, are where um, you recount your life story, and it, it's often in someone else's words. But but it's certainly your story, um, rather than say write poetry or an essay. Even um, you, you've chosen, um, as you just alluded to, art um, or or um, uh, screenshots, if you will. Um, the the other parts I found were, were the, the texts from affidavits and, or the notebooks of others. It, it's quite powerful. Um, you do realize at that point that that, um, that that one's life story is often shaped by by other people's words. Uh, in terms of of how you present it, say say the affidavits that were were used in court, um, there is there is obviously some editing that one does, but there's also in, in the way that you presented it, certain sections are presented on a page rather than others. Um, was there? Did you spend a lot of time thinking about that, and and, and or, or even having the input of editors even as to, to how a certain section is, is presented, say? Yes. So, uh, when I, when I initially began writing the book, I, I started from the, the archive. So I was, I was given, uh, this, this box of archival documents by my mom. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and in that box, you know, were those, those copies of the affidavits you mentioned, but also family photographs and old notebooks and a whole bunch of other documents. Um, and my, my initial strategy in trying to write this book was, uh, was to reposition some of those key documents in, in a text, um, like, like in the book itself, like rather than you know, explaining what they were or, um, you know, talking about them in another way, I felt it was really important for the, for the reader to encounter some of those documents themselves. And, you know, I think that that was also, you know, partly, uh, partly a strategy on, on my part, um, to, 
the pain of those documents for mm. me. Like it was, I guess, especially you know the the affidavit you mentioned, you know that um, that discusses you know my mother and my father and and you know some of the the circumstances like surrounding um, my mom's departure from BC. Huh. I I I really you know I really struggled you know to to write around those documents. Like I, I struggled to um, to put some of those stories into my own words, and it, it felt appropriate for me um, to instead just try to you know put put that document you know in uh, into the reader's hands so that they could um, come come to it you know with their with their own understandings you know of and you know all of the other contacts in in the book as well. Um, you you opened the book actually by describing experiences that you had at a book festival, um, as well as other other events or, or even just random conversations that you have throughout the book are, are recounted, uh, where um, you talk about how much work it is uh, when someone asks something like "Where are you from?" or "What are you?" Um, these are a lot of questions that you don't have to answer. Um, I, I, I my parents are Filipino, so I get a lot of questions, sort of the same thing. You know the um, sure. Um, you know, even though I was born in Vancouver, um, that's not good enough for some people when they see you or meet you for the first time. Yeah. What is it like for you, Jordan, to have to, I mean, you, you can hear in your voice as, as one reads the book, um, not, not just how annoyed one is, but how tiring it is. Yeah, it, it's so difficult. You know, it, it sounds like you know you've had you know some some similar experiences. You know, but those those questions, you know, you know, especially like you know, where are you from? You know, because you know my my mom is uh, is non-indigenous and yeah. my dad is indigenous. You know, sometimes um, you know it's not immediately apparent. You know, to people that sure. that yeah. I'm indigenous. Sometimes, you know, in hindsight, to to think about those situations and say like, oh, 
yeah, that was not a good uh, interaction with somebody. Like they were, like they're, they're coming into this conversation with all of these, I don't know, um, pre- preconceived ideas yeah. about, you know, indigeneity or what have you, and I shouldn't have engaged. Um, and and that that part's tough, you know, like knowing not when not to engage yeah. um, has been really difficult for me. And you know, I'm I'm try, like you know for my own sake, I've been trying to trying to get better at that. Yeah. Um, and certainly, you know, many of those uh, situations kind of, uh, I, I I write about in in Mishka. Yeah, there, 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 there's one conversation with someone who, who um, even when you, you you come from this this um, generous uh, place, um, argues every which way as to, to how wrong you are about yourself. Um, there's another conversation in the book um, that you had with uh, Chief Robert Joseph um, about uh, who you are or where you're from. Um, it's an aspect of identity that I think is worth talking about in, in terms of, of um, sort of dispelling some of the misconceptions that we have. What, what was that conversation? And, and, and in that moment with, with, with him, what did you realize about your own identity? Because you, you as you describe yourself in the book, you're someone um, who identifies as urban indigenous. Yeah, so you know, that particular moment uh, with, with Chief Robert Joseph, um, you know, I, I, I talk about, I, I talk about at length in the book, um, but the short version, you know, is that I, I told him, you know, that I, that I, that he asked me, you know, where I was from and I told him that I was Nishka and, and he corrected me saying, um, you, you can't, you're, you're not, you're not really Nishka because if you're really Nishka, you know, you'd say it with a K sound, like, right. like Nishka. Yeah. Uh, and not Nishka. And, and and so there's this really strange moment, you know, um, you know, for me where, you know, what he was like, you know, part of what I took from that was that, you know, if I was if I was really a Nishka, I would speak Nishka. I would, mm. you know, I would have, you know, I would have grown up with the Nishka language. I would have grown up with Nishka culture. I would have grown up in Nishka territory. Uh, and, you know, that, that simply is not true of, of who I am. And this kind of unfolds in the book, you know, but it, it becomes, um, or I, I make this argument in the book that, you know, the, the reason why I am doubly dispossessed from both Indigenous knowledge and Indigenous culture mm-hmm. is because my, my grandparents went to residential schools at, at the Kokolitsa Indian Residential School and that the extraordinary violence that they experienced there uh, was passed down to my father's generation and to my generation and that for me that manifested you yeah. know, in the dispossession of, of both indigenous knowledge and indigenous language. You know, so that, that moment with Chief Robert Joseph is really complicated for me you know, because you know, at the time, you know, like it was, it was a really kind of, um, it was the first time that anybody had said that to me, mm-hmm. um, you know, had, had challenged me on how I had pronounced the name of my nation. Um, and, you know, it really, like, 
you know, an experience like that, especially coming from from a person that, you know, is is very deeply respected, you know, has done incredible work, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, especially around uh, the Truth and Reconciliation Commission, you know, like I thought, like my my feeling at that moment was that like if anyone was to understand, you know, what intergenerational trauma should look like, it's this person. Mm. And, you know, I really felt like, you know, in that moment, he didn't understand. And that was, you know, so puncturing for me that, you know, if, if this person, you know, whose who life work is in many ways, you know, you know, kind of, you know, pointed at, um, you know, thinking about indigeneity in in Canada and in, in North America and, you know, really deeply and thoughtfully doesn't understand, then who can possibly understand where I'm coming from and maybe I'm just wrong about everything I am. And, you know, that was, that was, uh, yeah, a, ve- a very difficult moment for me personally, which is, you know, partly, you know, one of the many, in- like, points of inspiration for the book that that was like a catalyzing moment for me that mm-hmm. I really, you know, uh, have never really, you know, figured out and, you know, I'm always grappling with. And, you know, that is a is often, you know, a sign of a thing that, you know, I should I should write about. Yeah, it reminds me of another conversation you have in, in the book um, with a friend of yours uh, about the residential school experience had by Thompson Highway. And, right. um I guess Highway told you that um, uh, it, it was a good experience for 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 him, um, yeah. and then and then your friend called him a residential school denier. But then but then later on in, in your conversation, you recount how um, she says um, one can't really say how another should deal with trauma, and that that that's perhaps his way. Have Have you talked to to him about that even? Uh, no, we haven't. We haven't spoken since we had that conversation uh, initially, and you know, it's it's definitely you know one that is is so deeply complicated. You know, especially given um, you know his his work, uh, Kiss of the Fur Queen. You know, mm-hmm. and and previous um, pre- previous talks and 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 public moments. Uh, He's had earlier, and in, in his career, and, and that you know, like I, I, I find, yeah, I find it really deeply troubling and, and difficult. Um, in, in part, you know, because you know, reading, reading Kiss of the Fur Queen, you know, really gave me um, some some insights, you know, that that I, I feel like I, I hadn't previously had and that, you know, his work, uh, you know, really resonated with me. And and I think, especially, I think it's so um, frustrating, you know, to see uh, to see the way um, his, his more recent um, discussions, you know, have been picked up by, by, Groups of people, you know, who are who are interested in um, di- disavowing people's right. experiences at residential school, uh-huh. and in, and you know, I think 
I mean, like the the whole project of, of Mishka, you know, I think is really about trying to uh, openly and and honestly um, discuss, you know, how residential schools have like have have impacted my life, you know, but have but also have these like wide-reaching, uh, multi-generational impacts, you know, these these waves and, and ripples of violence that, like, continue to linger with us, mm. you know, well beyond, you know, the moments that the schools were closed. Um, so that so that moment, you know, the, in the book about Thompson Highway, I think, is, is really, you know, still, still one that, you know, troubles me deeply. And, you know, I think my friend's, um, you know, when she said, you know, you know, who, who are we to say, like, who is anyone to say, like, you know, how someone else should deal with trauma? Like, mm-hmm. I think there, I think that was a good question. And it kind of, you know, stopped me in my tracks when I initially encountered it. Um, and, you know, I think my, I think my response is to say, like, you know, I, I should, like, the thing that I can talk about is my own experience, mm-hmm. and I just need to be true to that. And and that's that's the, the that's the I guess the feeling I've tried to carry forward with me. Yeah, and and, and whatever you're feeling is obviously complicated. Um, of course, throughout the day or, or, or whatever point you are in your life, um, th- this word reconciliation gets used a lot, and I think it's it, it's come to the point where a lot of people have heard it so often that they don't even understand what's involved with that anymore. Um, sort of like we, we don't understand that there, there's um, necessary work that's part of it. Um, what, um, I mean, is, is that something that you've been thinking about as well? Yes. You know, I think, uh, you know, in the, in the communities that I, I circulate within, I think, you know, there's, a real um, frustration with the uh, with the, the the centering on reconciliation um, and our our extreme focus on that and and instead you know I know others have have suggested um, you know the thing that we should perhaps like the things that we should perhaps be focusing on instead are redress mm-hmm. or um, restitution or resurgence. Um, and I think, you know, I think there's great arguments for all of the, for all of those. You know, I think, you know, resurgence especially, you know, is, is one that, you know, really lingers with me and I think is, is, is very much at the core of what Mishka is, you know, because there's, uh, there's a, a narrative, you know, in there, you know, that, uh, that was, or that you know gestures towards my my interest in returning to Niska language, returning mm-hmm. to Niska culture, and to find a way back into that, and that you know, um, and, and that you know, returning to indigenous forms of knowledge and languages, you know, is actually like a deeply defiant political act that works against. And is like, you know, the antithesis of what residential schools were, you know, um, and also 
official government of Can- Canada policies of genocide were, mm-hmm. you know, which was not only to uh, to kill indigenous people, but also to dismantle indigenous languages and culture. So, you know, returning to those indigenous languages and culture, you know, I think is absolutely, you know, the, the path forward, um, you know, but it's still complicated too. Like I think, you know, it, as, you know, I talk about Anishka, you know, returning, returning to those, those places, you know, is, is for me, returning to a place I've never been, mm-hmm. you know, like, it's, and that, you know, the connection um, back to those places, you know, have been severed so deeply by way of colonial violence that finding a way back, back into them, you know, is really difficult and, and troubled. Um, but that that ultimately is, is the path forward. Another great point that you make in the book is that listening is not witnessing. And, and um, so some people might think that the two are the same thing, but, but there is a, a, a distinction there, isn't there? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think, you know, in that particular moment, um, Samantha Nock has, has some, has some really, uh, excellent, has a really excellent way of, of differentiating between the two. Uh-huh. Um, and, and I think, you know, the way she talks about it, that, you know, listening is, is, is passive. You know, but yeah. but witnessing requires taking the like taking the story into you in an embodied way, um, and and a- allowing it to to enter inside of you, and and also you know um, like witnessing uh, potentially doesn't even require a response. You know, there that there's um, you know, often, you know, listening elicits, you know, a certain kind of response, you know, mm-hmm. listening like, is this participatory action, you know, uh, sometimes. Um, but, but, but witnessing is, is different. And, you know, I think, you know, when we, when we encounter testimony from Indigenous peoples, especially about residential schools, you know, I think the, the correct way to uh, to encounter those things is to witness them in some ways. Is not necessarily to um, you know uh, respond to them in the way that you would respond to other things. You know, but to just sit with those sit with those forms of testimony and and take them and take them in. You know, in a really meaningful way, um, in in an embodied way. And to let them, and let that testimony, you know, rest with you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I, I, I'm um, jumping around the book because there's so much I want to talk about. There's, totally. a, there's a moment near the end where you, where you um, talk about um, your relationship with your father's art uh, and how um, whether your work is in conversation with his. Um, and then, then you ask a question of, of him about how much uh, of him do you get to know through his, his work. If, if one picks up your book, Jordan Nishka, um, I guess, and, and we wanted to know what you were like, this is probably a, a, a good way to start, right? Yeah, that's, that's a, 
Yeah, it's a funny, funny thing, you know. I think, you know, that that question right at the right at the end, you know, about, you know, how how well do you get to know someone through their art? You know, I think it's always partial. You know, and and you know, my relationship, you know, with my with my dad is so, you know. I mean, it's, it's so troubled, but it's also, you know, so truncated. Like, you know, I really, I didn't know him my whole life, and I met him one time when I was 23. You know, it's those, those tiny, tiny moments. And uh-huh. the rest of this time, you know, those other 36 years, you know, uh, has been spent with his, his art. And, you know, I think it's hard, it's hard to get to know someone through their art. Like, even, even with Nishka, you know, I think there's, like you know, I, I obviously tried to be as as open and, and as transparent as I could, you know. But it, I, but you know, there's also things you know as as uh, as a curator of, of documents, uh-huh. you know, that I left out. You know, like there's there's more, um, like there's there's obviously like more to the story than I'm I'm capable of telling. You know, if, often for you know various ethical reasons um and so you know i think you know when when a reader encounters nishka you know as as a book you know i think there like there's there's a sliver you know of of me there you know that i i hope is accessible you know but you know even even with like the best most revealing books you know i think that's potentially you know all all we get you know there's still a person um who's not present there um you know behind the scenes you know as as an author (laughs) Uh, a couple of other things i wanted to ask jordan um you present um in the book transcripts of presentations or lectures that you've given um most of them i guess end with with the word inaudible and I'm just wondering how these presentations were received. Is the inaudible is that applause? Uh, yes, and in in all all of those cases, you know, there's um, there's mo- moments of, of of noise and and, and clapping uh, yeah. that that ends the uh, the end the recording. Uh-huh. Uh, but those are also moments that you know. Can't be translated into words, sure, which yeah. is which is why they're they're marked as inaudible sections of of the transcripts. You mentioned a moment ago the the the, um, the uh, blurred photos, the, the screenshots in the book. It's a, such a powerful sequence because the reader essentially sees what you see. Um, did did your publishers get that right away? I mean, or did you have a lot of discussions about that? Because I mean, this is a book that that'll be. Well, I haven't been to a bookstore in about a year or so, but um, I'm, I'm sure people will see this, you know, propped up on on a table or something and pick it up and then leaf through it and wonder what that part's about. Um, was there any hesitancy on on the part of your publisher as to, to the way that section is presented? Say, no, and uh, you know, I was I was surprised by that. You know, I think uh, McClellan and Stewart uh, were really incredible to work with, and you know, they were so open to the um, to the way uh, the the form works in this book. Like, they're they're really open to the to 
trying out, you know, my ideas that don't look that don't that don't look like, you know, the way um an other autobiographies look. Uh-huh. Um, you know, which which I would describe as, you know, mostly being textual, you yeah, know, yeah. made of made of prose. And and, you know, I'm I'm so incredibly thankful that they were that they were willing to um follow through on that. And you know, I like to be honest, I think they're actually really excited, you know, um, by, you know, some of the visual elements in the book. Um, and, you know, I, uh, as, as a, as a writer who previously only written poetry, uh-huh. um, you know, all of which was, you know, multi-genre writing, but published under the banner of poetry. Um, you know, I, I was, I was completely prepared, you know, for, for McClellan and Stewart or, you know, another publisher or somebody else had picked it up, mm-hmm. you know, to say like, you know, this, like, you know, X is great, but Y, you know, just has to go, <laughs> whatever right. it is, you know, whatever idea this was. Um, and I, I just, I kept waiting for that moment and it never happens, you know, and I, I, I couldn't be happier. You know, I think there's, there's a lot of really, um, really visual and challenging visual ideas, you know, in the book that um, I think, you know, are, are not the usual kinds of things that you might encounter. Um, But I, you know, I think this publisher took a chance on something that they believed in. And, you know, I, I I hope that others um, encountered those, those moments, um, in a way that uh, is generative for them. Yeah, when I first got the book, it was sent to me, and, and I flipped through it, like like a, I guess a lot of people would it in a bookstore. And then I wondered what that section of the book was about, and then I started the book from the beginning and, and worked my way through it. Sure. And it just it, it, it took my breath away, just how, how wonderfully um, well executed it was and how moving I, I found it to be afterwards. Um right. I could talk all afternoon with you about this book and, and everything else, but uh, I, I should let you go. Um, this is a, such a, a powerful book. Uh, congratulations on it, and um, continue good luck with it. I, I hope a lot of people pick it up because it's a book that I think uh, people need to read. Um, thank you so much for your time today, Jordan. Yeah, th- thank you so much. It's such a pleasure. The book is called Nishka. It is published by McClelland and Stewart. Visit Jordan's website at jordanable.ca. Jordan Abel joined me on the line from Edmonton, Alberta. In Vancouver, I'm Joseph Plantoff.